This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book One, Exiles. Chapter 17, Dragon, Dishes. Back at the table, G drank her malt as quickly as she could. The waitress came by every few minutes to check on them. G could tell she was starting to get suspicious. And G was full. She gave up trying to actually drink the malt. Now she just pretended to suck on her straw. The sickly sweet smell made her stomach churn. Do you want anything else? Her brother asked her. She groaned. Ugh, I really don't. They had no money to pay the bill. The faster she was done with her malt, the sooner they would have to deal with that problem, but the longer they waited, the more suspicious things looked. Any ideas? Her brother looked at a loss. They had all the time in the world, or rather, all the time in the underworld, to put together a plan, and it seemed to her she was the only one working on the problem. She considered their options. Maybe we could... I know, she said brightly. I'll go to the bathroom and crawl out the window, and then you go to the bathroom. What if there's no window? Um, she thought for a moment. What about... He shook his head, nodding at the pale giantess taking orders a few tables away. He had the feeling that, as friendly as everyone seemed, it was not a good idea to try and cheat these people. Okay, she said. What if we're suddenly sick? Or, whispered a conspiratorial voice next to them, what if you're two little kids who were lost, broke, and too scared to sneak out, but too scared to stay and ask for help? Assam and G both jumped. Sarah slid into the booth with them, putting her arm around Assam. Isn't that right? She gave the boy a squeeze. How was that burger, buddy? Was I right about the barbecue sauce, or was I right about the barbecue sauce? You were right, he said weakly. Usually am. Sarah sighed and leaned back in her seat. So, what are we going to do about it? The two children stared at the table. Sarah laughed softly, not unkindly. Eyes up, guys. It's not as bad as it looks. She smiled. I think we can work something out. Like what? Assam asked. She gave the boy another squeeze. She could tell he needed it. Yeah, she said. Let's go talk to Jerry. She slid out of the booth and stood up. Don't worry, it'll be fine. She led them off through the maze of tables and booths to the gap in the counter at the back of the diner. Assam tried not to panic at the sight of the cash register. An old woman sat on a stool behind the counter. As they approached, she looked up from the folded newspaper in her hand and whispered, Hey, Sarah. Hey, Lima, Sarah said. What's a three-letter word for bitter? The old woman asked, whispering. Sarah scrunched up her face and thought, 
What's the clue say? The woman consulted her newspaper. It may be bitter. Sarah shrugged. Maybe tea? The woman shook her head. It has to start with an E, she whispered. You got me, Sarah said. Lima made a face and studied her paper. Seth picking you up? Sarah nodded. But I'm not off for another hour. Um, the boy said quietly. I think it's end. Sarah crouched down next to him. What'd you say, big guy? He nodded at the paper. It's end, I think. Like, the bitter end? She looked at him for a moment, and then at Lima. So, there you go. Thank you, Lima whispered, writing it down. What are you called, boy? He hesitated for a moment, and then he told her, finally accepting the name for himself. Assam? That's a good name. The old woman told him. Make sure you hold on to it. Yes, ma'am. Sarah stood up. I'll be back in a minute. See you, Lima whispered, studying the crossword once more. The children followed Sarah down a short hallway. To one side they could hear the clatter and sizzle of the kitchen. The smell of frying oil drifted past them and clung to their clothes. Gross, huh? Sarah looked back and wrinkled her nose. Sometimes, on my day off, I can still smell it in my hair. At the end of the hallway, there was a metal door with a round window set into it, like a porthole. Sarah held the door open for them. G went through first. Just inside, she stopped. Her brother bumped into her from behind. What are you doing? I'm trying to decide if this is the strangest thing we've seen so far, she said quietly. He looked past her into the room beyond. After a moment, he said, Yes. Yes, it is. His sister nodded. That's what I thought. She stepped in and he followed, the door swinging closed behind them. They were standing in a little room at the back of the diner. The room was divided in two. On one side was a counter jumbled high with dirty dishes. On the other, another counter neatly stacked with clean dishes. In between the two was a sink, piled high with soap suds. There was a lizard at the sink, moving dishes from one side to the other, washing them clean. Well, it wasn't a lizard. Not actually. It was too big, far too big. No. It was a dragon, a three-headed dragon. His skin was mottled in green. He had his shirt sleeves rolled up to his elbows, and he wore a stained apron. He was washing dishes, hard at work. G blinked. One of the dragon's heads bobbed and nodded, singing along with a battered transistor radio that buzzed on a shelf above the sink. Hey, Gary, Sarah said. How's it hanging? One of the other heads swiveled around on its long neck, 
a cigarette dangling from its lips. It glanced sidelong at them and then rolled its eyes. The third head, the one in the center, continued to work at the dishes, inspecting the plates intently, sudsing them and scraping them clean. From time to time it poked out its long forked tongue to lick away some stray scrap of food before setting the clean dish to one side with the others. The first head, the one on the left, swiveled around to look at them again, squinting one eye through the nimbus of cigarette smoke circling its head. Let me guess, it said, the cigarette bobbing in its lips. No money? The children nodded. Well, you might as well get started, the dragon said. Sooner you do, sooner you'll be done. Sarah smiled. Thanks a bunch, Jerry. I owe you one. You do, the dragon's left head said, and so do they. Well, they're good kids. They got a good heart. The dragon's right head reared back in mock surprise. Only one? it asked. What do you do? Share it out every other weekend and on Tuesdays? Ignore him, Sarah told the kids. He's just a big softy. The dragon on the left glowered. I am not. I am an infernal god of the underworld and the father of lies. <laughs> Hardly, Sarah said. You're barely either of those anymore. She knelt down and beeped G's nose with her fingertip. I'll come back and check in on you before I punch out for the night, okay, sweetie? G nodded. Stay out of trouble, Sarah said to Assam with a wink. And then she was gone, the metal door swinging closed behind her. The two children stood for a moment, staring after her. Then they looked back to the dragon. Jerry. She told herself, his name is Jerry. Somehow it made him less frightening, although he was still a dragon. Jesus Christ, superstar, sang the dragon's head on the right softly. Who do you think you really are? She thought he had a fairly nice singing voice for a dragon. The head on the left rolled his eyes. Ignore him. He's got delusions of grandeur. I do not, the right head said mildly. I could have gone on the stage. My mother's always said I had a great talent waiting to be discovered. The left head tapped out its cigarette into a dirty coffee cup. Yeah, well, keep looking, bro. You might discover it eventually. Aprons, said the third head the one in the middle. On the wall, over there. Get them on. There's a lot of dishes to get through yet. Assam and Darjeeling went over to the wall and the boy took down two aprons, one patterned blue and white with a teacup on it. The other had a cartoon devil wearing a chef's hat with the slogan, Kiss the Cook, printed underneath. He handed the one with the teacup to his sister and she stared at him. Kinda girly she said. Well, yeah, you're a girl. She took the one with the devil on it and slipped it over her head. Help me tie it, she said as she turned around. He sighed loudly. 
Once she was all set, he put on his own. The left head glared at them. You fashion plates ready yet? Sorry, Assam said. The dragon hooked a thumb over his shoulders. Dirty dishes on the right, clean dishes on the left. He puffed on his cigarette, the blue smoke hanging round his head like a halo. Don't get them mixed up. You pay for anything you break, and we don't accept sorry here. Did you mean to die like that? The metalhead sang. Seriously, you're killing me, the lefthead said to his brother, rolling his eyes. You, it said, stretching its neck out, suddenly very long and snakish, bobbing nose to nose with G. You're on the right, so keep the dirty dishes coming. I don't like the wait. Okay. And you, the head swung around to her brother, grab a towel and get them dry. With a quick glance to each other, the kids moved to either side. Between them, the dragon smoked, sulked, and sang. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. To receive permission, please contact the author directly by holding up a mirror beneath the full moon one night past its wane and whispering your request into the left ear of your own reflection or in the usual manner at www.tmcamp.com. Unless otherwise noted, all contents of this production are copyright 2007. TM Camp. All rights reserved.